The family of a soldier in the U.S. Army needs our help, and you don't even have to leave your house to do it. Even tough, highly trained members of our armed forces can be at risk in this broken world. But somebody knows what happened, and I'm calling on you to help me spread the word so justice can be done. Welcome to another episode of The Unlovely Truth. I'm your host, Private Investigator Lori Morrison. I'm so glad that you've joined me to hear another captivating true crime story where physical, spiritual, and emotional safety takeaways are waiting for us. If you're listening, I believe that you have a unique calling to become a different kind of PI. Not a typical private investigator, but a person of impact. This is season four, episode 27. Because this episode is set to drop on the 4th of July, Independence Day, we're going to investigate the unsolved murder of Staff Sergeant Jessica Ann Mitchell. After ringing in the new year with friends at the fourth quarter sports bar on the northwest side of San Antonio, Texas, Mitchell was found shot to death in her car on Interstate 10 near the Vance Jackson Road exit. Together, I think that we can really help get justice for someone who served our country and was there to protect our freedom. Jessica was born in 1990 to Deborah and Mayo Mitchell Jr., She was active in ROTC at Shawnee Heights High School, and after graduation, she enlisted in the Army, following in the footsteps of her father and grandfather. That same year, she married Michael Prunty Jr., and together they had a son. Now, this family had known tragedy before. Jessica's 18-year-old brother, Justice Mitchell, was shot and killed in 2017 in the parking lot of a church's chicken. Authorities say that it was a drug deal gone horribly wrong. Justice was only 18 years old. He was set to attend college where he wanted to study to be an oral surgeon. Now, can you even imagine, those of you that are parents, what it would be like to lose just one child to violence, but for this to be the second time you've gone through this? This is a family that I really, really hope we can help. Jessica was a successful soldier, and she began her career as a dental technician working her way up to the rank of staff sergeant, where she was leading other soldiers. Her long-term goal was to work in the United States Army Criminal Investigation Division, and I bet she would have been great at it. Jessica was described in news reports as being bubbly and spontaneous and having the childhood nickname of Dimples. I'm guessing that's because she smiled all the time. Her family says that they can tell from her social media posts on the night she was killed that she was having a great time. Jessica was on her way home from that celebration when she was killed. Her family just can't understand why anyone would want to hurt her. And Jessica's father, like most fathers and mothers would do in this kind of situation, he did some investigating of his own and uncovered some very important information. He told a reporter for KSAT News 12 that Jessica told a relative that she was being stalked online. San Antonio police believe that a red vehicle followed Jessica as she left the New Year's Eve party, and it may have damage on its passenger side. Investigators found red paint transfer onto Jessica's white Dodge Charger. Jessica sustained multiple gunshot wounds, so this was not a stray bullet kind of situation. This was not an accident. I've put a link in the show notes where you'll be able to watch surveillance video showing a red SUV driving behind Jessica on Wurzbach Road. The latest update I could find on Jessica's case 
says that police believe someone in San Angelo, Texas, may have information about that red SUV. And here is where you can help. You can be that person of impact and help this family find answers and get justice for Jessica. If you know anyone who lived in the San Antonio or San Angelo area in 2020, 2021, and if they owned or had access to a red SUV that had sustained some minor damage and maybe it even had some white paint transfer onto it, please let authorities know. Let them follow up on every possible lead. And I've put several ways that you can contact investigators in the show notes. Make sure you share this episode. Somebody out there knows what happened. And we just need to get this in front of them, appeal to their conscience, and tell them that giving the authorities the information they know is absolutely the right thing to do. And I also want you to tell everybody reward money may be available in this case. It's quite possible that Jessica trusted the wrong people. We just don't know yet. I don't want anything bad to happen because you've trusted in the wrong people. And that's why I wrote my book that is coming out this week. In God We Trust, Everyone Else Gets a Background Check. I go over very practical ways to evaluate people's behavior to see if they are trustworthy or if they're someone that maybe you need to spend a little more time to see if they really deserve the gift. And it is such a precious gift when you give someone your trust. So I hope you'll grab a copy for yourself. It's available in ebook format or paperback. I hope you'll share it with someone who maybe trusts a little too quickly and a little too easily. We need to look out for each other because unfortunately, there are people out there with bad intentions and we need to know how we can better figure out who they are, keep ourselves, our loved ones, and our community safer. At one point, Jessica told a relative that she had to block somebody who was bothering her online. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, that whole problem of not just stalking, but online stalking. According to a 2021 article from the Pew Research Center, 41% of American adults have experienced online harassment. They compared numbers from 2017, 2019, and 2021, and these incidents have just kept increasing. The vast majority of people who have experienced online abuse said that it happened on social media. Now, reading through this study, there were a few other things that really stood out to me. The share of women who report being sexually harassed online has doubled since 2017. That's a very short amount of time for that big of an increase. People can hide behind fake identities and they can do a lot of damage, especially to our younger girls. We want to make sure that we are protecting them from predators who are looking for someone that they can harass and maybe even stalk online. Now, adults under 30 are the age group most likely to have this kind of harassment happen to them online. So again, we have got to look out for each other. Nearly one in five Americans who have been harassed online say it was because of their religious beliefs. Now, I'm sure all of you who are believers, you've probably had some negative comments when you have expressed something about your faith. You're not alone. 
I hope you'll continue to share what you believe is important to share about your faith. And of course, we want to do it in love. The Bible tells us that we need to speak the truth, but we have to do it in love. It breaks my heart to see people who are claiming the name of Christ viciously attacking unbelievers and even each other. Speak the truth, but make sure you're speaking it in love. And if you see somebody getting bullied online or harassed, stand up for them. Now, did being stalked online have anything to do with Jessica's murder? We don't know that for sure at this point. But it's interesting to note that the UK-based crimetraveler.org says that new research has found in a total of 358 murder cases with a male perpetrator and a female victim, a staggering 94% showed stalking behavior involved in the period before the killing. And here in the U.S., every state has laws against stalking in the physical world. But there are a handful of states that still don't address cyberstalking. Be sure that you check to see what the laws in your state are so that you know if someone is behaving inappropriately online, you can reach out to the authorities. There are also federal laws, but typically these have to include what they call an actual threat. So they wouldn't necessarily cover online behavior that is, I hate to say, merely harassing because that's bad enough and shouldn't ever happen to anybody. But absent a concrete threat, the federal laws may not be something that you can apply to these situations. And if you've been watching the news in the last week or so, the U.S. Supreme Court really made a decision that I think is, is not victim-friendly at all. And of course, the Supreme Court is the last stop for an appeal of a lower court decision. And the appeal that the court was hearing was a case where a Colorado man had been convicted of stalking a songwriter by sending her hundreds and hundreds of direct messages on Facebook. She never responded to the messages because she said they were creepy. Her stalker seemed to show that he was watching her in real time, commenting on where she was and what vehicle she was driving. This went on for two years, and ironically, he commented that he didn't think their relationship was healthy because she wouldn't talk to him. It just is staggering to me that he could not acknowledge that they didn't have a relationship at all. She was under no obligation to talk to him just because he messaged her. So we've also got to teach our young people, you can reach out to someone, but if they don't want to talk to you, they don't have to, and you cannot try to make them. He also told her that, and I'm quoting this, you're not being good for human relations. Die. Don't need you. I would say that is a direct threat. And after being found guilty of stalking, he was sentenced to four and a half years in prison. When he appealed, his attorneys have been arguing that his conviction violated his right to free speech, as enshrined, of course, in the First Amendment. Now, we all know that First Amendment protections are not absolute. That's why we can sue people who slander or defame us. The issue here seemed to boil down to whether speech becomes a threat when the person hearing it feels threatened or the person saying it intended the words as a threat. That's a really, really fine line, isn't it? A lot of these kind of issues are decided on what's called the reasonable person standard. In other words, in this case, how would a reasonable person interpret the words of those messages? I consider myself a reasonable person and I would have definitely felt threatened. Why else would this man have said what he did so persistently 
over such an extended period of time. And so like I say in my book, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. He was telling her over and over that he was a dangerous person. She believed him. Unfortunately, we're not sure that the courts are going to believe him. And something you may not realize is that the Supreme Court does not have to hear every case that asks for a review. One factor they consider when they're deciding what cases to hear and, and which ones to take a pass on is whether a ruling in a case could have a broad influence over other similar cases. So the reasoning used to reach this decision, in theory, could spill over and harm other cases where a victim's rights are at stake. That's what concerns me so much. Thankfully, this story is not over yet. The court said that the case has to be retried using a different standard to decide this man's guilt. Did he think his messages were threatening? I am not sure I like that standard because it could make it much harder to convict anyone in these type of cases. You could just deny that you were trying to threaten somebody. You could say that you were just expressing yourself artistically, for heaven's sake. I hope we can counter this by educating people that stalking is not a nuisance crime, but it is a very serious offense. If you or anyone you know has someone sending unwanted, intrusive, or threatening messages via social media, be sure that you capture them, whether that's with screenshots or a screen recording or however you can do it. Make local police aware of what's happening and then send them copies of all of these messages that this person sends. To keep yourself safer, don't advertise on social media where you are. It just makes it way too easy to follow you. And yes, in a perfect world, we should be able to post anything we want. No one has the right to follow us just because we say where we're going to be. But we don't live in a perfect world. We know we live in a broken and sinful world. So I want us all to just use our best practices that we can to keep ourselves safer. Now, Jessica's family said that she was on social media frequently the night she was murdered. You know that doesn't mean that she is in any way to blame for what happened to her. But we can honor her life by drawing that safety takeaway from her story. That's why we tell these stories. Jessica's life was already so packed full of meaning, but it'll take on added significance if it saves someone else from going through what she did. Jesus taught us that the second greatest commandment is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. That's from Matthew 22:39. Nobody wants to be stalked. Obsession is not love. Making someone feel afraid is not love. And 1 Peter 5:8 says, "Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour." That sounds an awful lot like an obsessed stalker to me. Now, I want to hone in a little more closely on some verses from the book of Jeremiah. And this book was written to a people in exile. Prophets often warned of God's judgment. Here in Jeremiah, leadership has failed the people, resulting in widespread injustice. But Jeremiah also had a message of hope. So let's look at chapter 29, verses 10 through 14a, where we read, This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me 
and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. If you've been stalked or harassed, you know a little bit about what it's like to be in exile. You feel isolated. You can't live your life quite like you used to. People who haven't experienced it don't understand what you're going through. And even if they want to help, sometimes they just don't know how. You can't live your life assuming that you're always safe anymore because you know different. But God spoke to a group of captives in exile and told them he had plans for them. Good plans. They had a hope and a future in him. That doesn't mean that we're never going to experience pain or sadness. Jesus told us in this life we're going to have trouble. But he wanted us to take heart because he said that he has overcome the world. Now notice, he did not say he was getting ready to overcome the world, but he already has. I hope that you're able to feel safer and more secure today because of that promise. If you liked this episode, I hope you'll check out some of my earlier ones. My guests have so much wisdom, so many incredible experiences, and you can get so many takeaways from what they shared with me. So please go back and check some of those out. You can also help someone else begin their journey as a different kind of PI, a person of impact. When you share this episode, encourage them to listen. Encourage them that God has already gifted them to make a difference. And it only takes some small steps. Like today's step of just sharing this episode with as many people as possible so that someone that knows something can hear it, be convicted, and speak to the authorities. You can also help The Unlovely Truth grow if you will subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star rating and a nice review. The Unlovely Truth is written and produced by me, Lori Morrison. Music is by Neocortex, and the artwork is by Shelby Highland. See you all next time.